welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Gosofsky, here as usual with my favorite critic, Courtney Small. Hello, how are you doing today? Great, how are you? I am doing well, thank you. Fantastic. Okay, so Courtney and I are going to talk about the future. And the future looks bright. And the future is going to be showcased. Sorry, I was trying not to use all these like stupid puns, but here we go. No, okay. the, future, <laughs> the future is looking bright at an event that's coming up called the Future of Film Showcase. It's the ninth annual such showcase, and it will be happening at the Scotiabank Cinema, and it's going to happen this year on CBC Gem as well. Normally, it's a showcase of great shorts from up-and-coming younger filmmakers. As I said, they show us that the future of filmmaking is quite bright and wonderful. And they're doing that this year as well. This year, for the first time, they're going to show a feature film as well. And there's lots of talks and panels and like there's all sorts of stuff going on. So I would recommend looking up the event, the Future of Film Showcase, and checking out exactly everything that's going on. And so what's happening is the screenings are being split up uh, on two different nights. And both nights, they will be at the Scotiabank uh, Theatre. And then there will be... Uh, starting on June the 20th. So that starts on June 17th, right? And then starting on June 20th, you can stream stuff on CBC Gem. Okay. So let's, let's, let's like I said, go, go and look, look up Future Film Showcase and let's let Courtney and myself get to these films because they're all quite exciting and really interesting. And it's, so this is just a small sampling. I think I borrowed that phrase from you, Courtney. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's it's accurate. It's accurate. We are giving a, a small sampling of of, of all the uh, great titles that are, are are playing. Do you want to start with the the feature film that's yes. that's playing? Yes. Okay. So the feature film is the opening night film. Um, opening night is the feature film plus a couple of shorts, and the feature film is quickening by Haya Wasim. And we know her from, if you haven't seen Quickening, we also know her from her work as a maker of short films, great short films. And this Quickening is an amazing first feature film. It's, uh, it's this uh, wonderful, uh, delicate, subtle, but also deep, arresting um it's got so many implications and in terms of its representations of the pressures, the struggles uh, faced by um, a first generation person, in this case, a young woman, um, you know, an immigrant family, first generation existing between two cultures. It's like this film is just the, the things that it captures. And the subtlety that it captures in its scenario it is quite striking for a, a first film, right? And um, and the the acting, the acting. So Haya Wasim will be there with uh, 
the lead actor, and she is named Aruj Azim, and she's she's going to be there. I, I would recommend going and in hearing both of these uh, young people speak. They are amazing, but um, she's Aruj Azim has got this arresting but really delicate intensity that uh, that she brings to this portrayal of a young Pakistani woman. She's studying arts uh, at a university and, uh, you know, falls in love and it's, you know, she falls really hard. But when um, a breakup happens, then she goes through something, you know, that is very emotionally intense and um, manifests itself into the sort of like, I don't know, should I say that part? Um, I think, see, that's it's interesting because this is a film that you're not really giving away too much, but in order to really talk about it, you gotta give away a little. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, she definitely goes through a lot in, in this film. Part of that okay. is yeah. a question of, teen pregnancy and the implications surrounding that and for a good portion of this film the film is about that or at least that's what you think it is and then it turns into something even more profound than simply that like it, it really it's a really emotionally complicated film but yet it still manages to work. So it's one that it's kind of difficult to talk about, but in many ways you have to, there's ways to talk about it without spoiling it for everyone. And we're going to try our best not to spoil it. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I think you summed it up perfectly right there. Yeah. You really did, you know, because it is complicated. And, um, and, and that's because of uh, the, the way Wasim directs it. And that's because of the way that Azim um, portrays the actor and her, her like portrays the character and, and the reality of what this character is going through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the camera, I think it starts with the fact that Azim's camera is very self, what is it, a subjective point of view. You know, it's very reflective. It captures uh, her point of view, but it also captures, like it stops and it just captures moments. Yes. You know? And, but it's then you, you take that and you mix that with this other uh, aspect of the film style, which is this claustrophobic shooting style. Shots are fragmented, imagery is fragmented, right? And so that that's why it's really hard to talk about. And that's why we don't want to give away too much because you could, we could, you know, just simply say, this is a film about this and then this happens, but you have to experience it. And it's because of the two women at the, at the center of this film, at the center of the making of this film, right. That makes it work in such a way that this is an experience. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's it's a film that you have to experience. And I think what makes it work is 
what you referred to in terms of the perspectives. There's a lot of times where the camera will linger on a shot or it will will zoom in on a on a character or it'll show you one character looking at another character and that cur- character looking back at the person looking back at them but it's done in a such an interesting way that it manages to put you in Sheila the main uh, protagonist's head as you're watching it like as she's going through the various emotions she goes through you get those moments of longing that come with young love you get the sense of frustration and hopelessness that comes with being a um a a child of immigrants and wanting to live a life that is a little more free a little more north american whereas you have a overbearing mother who's very much about the traditional pakistani um way of life Right? and the the expectations that come that mothers have for their for their daughters so you get all of that woven together with some really thought-provoking and really just gorgeous cinematography i don't know if the film sticks the landing um i think when certain things are revealed i felt the film tied itself up a little too neat but having said that everything leading up to the dismount i found endlessly fascinating and it's it's a film that kind of sticks in your head you know and i I like what you said about how the collaboration between the the actor and the director and really working at a you could tell that they're both in sync and working at a just really heightened level like i'm interested to see what both of these um two women go on to do next because there's there's just endless talent on display it's you know it it dives you into a culture um in a way that feels authentic but then and you can also understand the the divide that is kind of going on within this this young woman so yeah there's a there's a lot to take away from this film i i highly recommend people check it out Mm -hmm. i highly recommend it too and uh, i thought i thought it stuck the landing so you know it's here you go like two different two different perspectives on the ending uh but basically two two big recommendations from from us both of us right yeah yeah definitely and i and i think for for me because you can almost compartmentalize the film for the, like the different stages that occurs like you, at one you think it's one thing at one moment then it evolves into something else and then it evolves into something else and then i just found it makes sense how everything is wrapped up, but it also, for me, it just felt a little too clean. And, that, and it could just be because the film is so concise with its running time, where I would have been fine with an, another 20 minutes of just giving me more of the aftermath and, you know, taking the time to kind of explore that. But, you know, minor quibble uh, on my part. Interesting. That's it. That is an interesting perspective, though, you know, mm-hmm. seeing what thinking about, you know, if if there was more that happened at the end. But there you go. Okay, so um, that's Quickening by Hayao Sim. Um, also on opening night, they're going to show a couple of shorts, and one of them is a film that both of us saw called Abuela. Do you want to start us off on that one, Courtney? Sure. Um, Abuela is a short film 
by um, Rebecca Ortiz. And uh, it was actually produced by Alicia K. Harris. And she's done a, a lot of um, great shorts that um, one, I think, picked that we, we both liked from yes, yes. a few years ago. And in, in this one, or in Ortiz's film, it's really a straightforward, but I found really effective narrative. And it's all about a grandmother who is visiting and getting to see her, you know, grandchild who looks like she's probably seven or eight um, for the first time. And there's a problem because the grandmother doesn't speak English and the granddaughter doesn't speak Spanish. So the grandmother is desperately wanting to try and connect and be the loving grandmother that we all hope for. But there is the language barrier and essentially a cultural barrier. And so the film focuses a lot on on that and then the the thing that kind of brings them together by chance is the process of cooking and what i really liked about this is is food is something that is inherent to every culture and every family food always seems to bring people together whether it's cultural dishes or the the preparation of of items so i thought that this one worked really effective like it it didn't feel overly sentimental or sappy but like everything just kind of fit in well as you would expect it to like it it felt authentic um and Mm. i think that's what i really really liked about it and it, it does so it conveys so much with in many ways with very little dialogue if you're in the grand scheme of things yeah yeah it it really relies a lot on um you know contrasting moments where it's like you know just like close shots of each of them you know a glance here the grandmother lovingly looking over at the granddaughter you know you could see in her face she's like trying to like think like how do i get through to this child how do i get her to like me and the the child you know looking at this stranger basically um, and so there's a lot in those expressions, I think, that is conveyed. Um, and so the way that Ortiz, you know, mixes that up with, you know, the shots where, you know, they're longer shots where you have the two of them in the shot to, sort of together, but very far apart. You know, like the distance between them, there's a physical distance between them and that's the emotional distance. And then, you know, things start to change. And what, what's also really interesting is how, like, the, the way that she focuses not just on the looks, the exchanges, you know, the, the expressions, but also she's, she focuses on their hands, which that's what kicks into play, you know, when later there's this, like, bonding process that starts to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and-, and that... Yeah. And to your, your point about the physical distance, one of the things that I also liked about the film was you you really do see the physical manifestation of the granddaughter's awkwardness. You know, she she's trying to be polite, but the more she realizes that she can't understand what her grandmother is saying, you can like you can just see through the body language like she, you know, physically moves herself away a little bit or. She'll grasp just enough to gauge, okay, I'm sitting a little close, too close to the TV, but I don't want to sit too close to grandma because um, I don't feel comfortable. So it's, you know, there's a lot of little subtle moments in this film that I thought 
uh, worked very well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, we would, we agree on that one, too. Yes. That's well, a- let us see if we uh, go three for three. It's <laughs> a short film that I, I know you saw as, as well called Johnny Crow. And that one is a animated um, film. And it is directed by Jesse Goucher and Extine Cook. And I hopefully I pronounced both their names properly. But it's a really fascinating tale about a person's journey uh, as they're trying to reconnect with their son. But part of the impediment to this journey is the Canadian judicial system and the way how the justice system, um, colonialism, pretty much most of Canadian history has impacted the Indigenous community in negative ways and also how it hinders um, and puts barriers, both physical and uh, metaphorical barriers between parents and children. And what really got me about this particular short film is the different styles of animation that's used. There's a lot of stop motion that's going on. Um, most of it takes place on different um, walls. So you're basically you're seeing these living mur- murals come to life and telling just this really expansive story of both Canadian history. I think there's even like a reference to, to 9-11 and the world changing after that as well thrown in there's there's a lot going on but it's all done in such a a fascinating way so i was i was really intrigued by this film part of it was just because i i thought it told a a really intriguing story and then part of me was also how did they make this movie like you know just yeah yeah the the brain of me was like this is amazing but how like how long did it take to to craft all the like the stop motion the art the murals like it's yeah it's just a really uh, wonderful animated work. Yeah, the way that the and the graffiti is animated is amazing. The stop motion, like even the, even just the rhythm of the imagery. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes because of it's stop motion, there's this sort of jaggedy rhythm, and the person who's speaking, um, there's this sort of poetic kind of rhythm yep. to the way he's speaking, and uh, the two rhythms together, like they come together in this way that adds adds to the urgency of the story that he's telling is like a larger story he's telling. It's a personal story, but it's got large, the larger implications of the colonial past, you know, and the implications on indigenous people, peoples and the damage, all the damage that it has done to individuals. Um, it's, it's just, um, it really, like it makes it raw, like it is raw. It's raw to look at and it feels raw. And it's, it sounds raw in the, in the poetic nature of it. And it's just, yeah, it's incredibly powerful, mm-hmm. but there's, uh, and then there's these moments uh, where the animation is sort of so fluid, you know? And then there's like, that it, it's, it doesn't just end with damage. It's like, it starts to also suggest the healing, but how it has to be through 
traditional, you know, going back to the traditional ways of, of being, being true to yourself, you know? Yeah. There's a, there's a defiant strength in, in the film and in the, the poetic words that are yes, yes. spoken by the Absolutely. narrator that I yeah. found really um, fascinating as well. Like it's, it's, it's one of those where uh, you, there's a, you can get the sense that there's a lot of guilt that is being forced on um, the narrator and the narrator is refusing that, you know, it's basically that I'm not going to be made to feel sorry for who I am or what my culture is. Right. You know, like you've, you've tried to strip us of everything and then belittle us for what we are. And, you know, that's not going to happen kind of thing. And it's just, it's, yeah, there's just a defiant energy to it that really makes the, the poetic words, um, just ignite in your in absolutely. your ears and heart even even further. Yep, absolutely. Yep, and I think that the use of the word defiant um, is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so um, I don't know. Do I dare to change change to something completely different? Well, you know what? Let's. Eat. We've had um, some. We've had l- lighthearted drama. We've had, um, you know, a really emotional work. We've had powerful, defiant work. How about um, a little bit of comedy? I know you saw a bump. Do you want to talk about yeah, that? that? Yeah. Now, you know, and the, the old ex- expression from Monty Python, and now for something completely different. This could be like um, an updated Monty Python sketch, you know, without the, the ridiculousness of... Uh, well, okay, it's got a different level. Now let me get to the film, Bump, by Maziar Kata. And this is about an incident on a sidewalk. Two guys bump into each other. Sorry, I had to say it, okay? But what happens? What happens is uh, all, like, all great humor. It's simple but very funny. It's all in the details. It's all in the timing and just, just listen, just listen to, to what these guys say to each other and what one of them says. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I can say. I mean, it sounds like I didn't really say much of anything, but I mean, what a breath of fresh air when someone really understands what, their idea is um, what the idea is and what it requires. It's it's that's a genius in itself, you know. That's that's a gift in itself. And there, here it is in this little film called Bump, three and a half minutes. So and is, that's it, it. is it um, like one uh, gag that's stretched out, or is it? There's no stretching here. There's no stretching. Okay. Like the timing is, is just like, it's like one thing that happens and then what builds from that. And uh, (laughs) it's like, that's what I mean. The genius is in the way that it builds the way that, uh, I mean, he's in it, right? He, he directed it. He wrote it. He's in it. Maziar Katem, you know, and so the genius is in how it's done, how it unfolds, how he makes it happen. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really well done. And that's the thing, like not too much, not too little, 
just you know exactly how much to give it that's great comedy and that's a that's a great short film right there that's sometimes that's that's all you need and sometimes that's a great understanding of short films Mm -hmm. sometimes that's what they are actually that is you know what they are you have to understand what your idea is and how much time it's supposed to take yeah and a lot of these films um, i found did a really good job of of executing the time that they used um quite well they never overstayed their welcome Uh, i'm going to talk about one example of this but it's going to change in tone Uh, you're mentioning a comedy i'm going to talk about a drama that i think people should check out and it's called little sky and it's directed by jess x no and the film is about a chinese american um, drag performer named sky who returns to their um i guess home in in uh, new york uh, after having fled the um with their mother many years earlier and you realize that as as much as sky is there to to perform they're also trying to reconcile with the past and especially a past with um their estranged father and through flashbacks we see sky as a young child and the complicated dynamics that were going on in the in the household and the father was very volatile um he and the mother had a lot of conflict and as the film progresses you start to understand that part of the the conflict was sky's sexuality and the father not quite being able to come to terms with that and now we see sky as an adult and even though their life seems to be together and as i said they're a performer um, there's this you know really well shot musical number that occurs there's still that longing and being in this old um stomping ground if you will sky meets a fellow queer individual um, and they strike up a friendship at the bar. And through their friendship, we learn a bit more about Sky's past and certain things happen. And the film really boils down to being true to your authentic self um, and coming to terms with the fact that sometimes the family you long for isn't necessarily the family that's always going to be there for you. And also in life, sometimes you end up forming new bonds and in many ways, having like a a chosen family that will be there to support you when the time goes um, or when things get difficult. And, uh, you know, that's all I'll say because I don't want to spoil the film, but I thought it was a really well done film um, it, it looks great and i just thought the the performances and the way how the music was intercut with the flashbacks and like it all just worked in in a nice little 13 minute package that sounds great mm-hmm. so yeah it was definitely one that i would recommend checking on that and that's called little sky great okay well i have one more 
And um, yeah, this one, this one is something really that you, a person could reflect on and uh, you know, you could still think about it. And, and I think that this is something that people go back to and go back to because, you know, I want to go back to it. Um, but, but I think now I want to go back to like anything that Miriam Charles has done. Uh, it, this is um, the, the title is in French. So pardon my French pronunciation. Chanson pour le nouveau monde, meaning song for the new world. And Miriam Charles, if people remember, uh, made a film called This House, which was at Hot Dogs. It was her first feature. And this is, you know, a newer work as well. And in the same vein, it's kind of more experimental. Uh, but don't, don't let that sort of label scare you. It, um, it's experimental, just really, I mean, I would encourage people to approach the films if, if you're not really comfortable with them. Is It's just something that, you know, invites reflection, something that invites meditation. And this, her work is, is very meditative, you know, as, uh, as we saw with this house. It's meditative and it creates it, like this sort of, meditation on time and place and different times and different places and that's what's going on in this film and I have to admit I watched this film before I read the description and what here's what I got uh, about the film with before I read the description and sometimes this is a good thing just to watch it don't worry about what it's about because what I got was that it was you know about this this space between two time periods and two cultures between past and present. Um, she's got images uh, like old relics, images of old relics and cemeteries, plots and headstones that are falling apart, um, intercut with images of children. Like, they're not grainy images. They're like, they're images of children in, seems to be in the here and now they're bolder you know the kids are playing with bolder colors they're painting and um the colors uh the images uh of the other images are more faded so you know that there's a past and present here and in this house there was a past and present going on as well um and in in the case of this house it was uh, sort of a meditation on her family history as well as the family reality and, and like a further back history and a more recent reality and, and, you know, things like that were happening. And I was starting to wonder if this was also at play here. And um, because also then she started mixing in some luscious green landscapes into this, once she got a rhythm going between those two sort of sets of images, then you got these luscious green landscapes that were mixed in. And it was sort of like, you know, the, it's, it was um, seemed like a positive sort of embrace of like the here and now, you know, that's what I was getting from it, right? Um, whereas, you know, there's something in this house where she's reflecting on trauma with not without hope though for the the present and future for her own family right so that's what i was getting and 
then I read the description and I'm not criticizing the description. I'm just saying um, sometimes our impressions are different and that's okay, right? And so the description is that it's about, um, it's a reflection on the disappearance of a man in Scotland. And it says, you know, following his disappearance, his daughter recalls words chanted before nightfall. That's almost a direct quote. Mm-hmm. And she, so that's that's what's going on on the soundtrack is this, this sort of like under her breath song. And it sounds like a mythic, that's where I was getting like the past and present, you know, because there's a sort of like mythic quality to the way she was singing to the actual content of the words, you know? And yeah, here I was seeing these children uh, painting with these bold, bold colors like children will do, right? So that's, that's always hopeful when I see children painting with, when I see children painting yeah. with bold colors, right? It's a happy thing that, that they're doing there they're expressing something they're they're in the here and now expressing something right versus the you know the the old headstones that are falling apart the the cemetery imagery so you know like this is what's great about cinema it's like uh and what's great about miriam charles i think i'm gonna you know start shouting from the rooftops that we should all we should all be crying for like a retrospective of her work I don't think, uh, and she's a young filmmaker because she's part of Future Film Showcase. So there you go. Oh, that one sounds very interesting. I'll have to uh, definitely check that one out. Yeah, I know that you like this house. So, you know. Yes, yes, I was a big fan of this house. So there you go. So I think that's that's enough of, uh, I mean, it's never enough. We could Courtney and I could always go on. Oh, yeah, but, but that's <laughs> definitely, it sets the, the stage for just a, a few of the great short films um, and in feature that you can see at this festival. So definitely, you know, make your way to Scotiabank to see it in person. And if for some reason you can't make it to Scotiabank, then definitely log on to, you said, CBC Gems on the, the 20th? You see, yeah, CBC Gem. And in some cases, you know, you can watch things again on CBC Gem, like this one I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. pour le nouveau monde, but any of the films really. Um, so there you go. That's it for Frameline for this week. For Courtney Small, I'm Barbara Kosofsky. This has been Frameline. Thanks for listening.